listeners, welcome to another episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and it's my passion to share with you information and inspiration for living well and staying safe. And we're broadcasting from Colorado every Thursday at 1 Mountain on Kelsey 560 AM and streaming around the world at drpegradio.com. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, you can go to the program archives at drpegradio.com. Well, you know, November is National Adoption Month. And to celebrate here in Colorado, the Colorado Department of Human Services recognized five dedicated families at a luncheon celebration at the governor's mansion And they honored families who came to Denver from across the state of Colorado who've all adopted children from Colorado's foster care system. And did you know that last year, 909 Colorado children and teens in foster care were adopted, and there are currently 290 who are waiting to find their forever homes. Uh, But today we're talking to one of the Colorado families that did adopt, and they'll tell us their inspiring story of how they overcame all of the challenges they faced and how unconditional love transformed their family. But first, Living Well with Dr. Pegg is brought to you by our sponsor, SSI Guardian, the leader in school safety and security. And while there are many ideas and theories on how to improve school safety, only evidence-based practices proven to make schools safer should be considered. Learn more how your child's school can become a 21st century safe school at SSIGuardian.com. Well, today we're talking about one family's inspiring journey to adoption, and my guests today are my very dear friends, Lisa and Rex, and I'm so excited to have them here today, and we're trying to do Facebook Live as well, so you can uh, tune in on Facebook Live if you'd like to, but Lisa and Rex, thanks so much for being here. Welcome to KLZ Living Well with Dr. Peg. Thank you so much, friend, for having us. Thank we're you. very excited yes, to be here. Yes, it's very exciting, and... Um, Lisa and Rex, you are uh, married, and you had one biological child, but didn't feel your family was complete, and so you decided to adopt, and that's what we're here to talk about today, your journey through the foster care system, and how you ultimately adopted your son, and it's um, uh, National Adoption Month in November, so we're really here to encourage and inspire others, other families to consider adoption. But before we get into the story of you adopting your son, I, I want to brief, briefly talk about um, just you guys <laughs> first, because Lisa is my best friend uh, and a dear friend uh, that I, I met when I first moved to Colorado. And I when I first moved here from the East Coast, I prayed to God for just one friend. I knew that if I just had one good friend, I'd be able to make the transition from leaving behind everything I knew and loved on the East Coast to move to Colorado. And I prayed and I cried and I was pouting and lonely. And then one day I met Lisa and we met at church and um, really kind of vibed immediately. At least I, I vibed with you and uh, we became friends. Yes. Very good friends. Yes, yes. Yes. And so you were a blessing. 
And I know that um, we want to talk about God's hand in uh, this journey of adoption. And I just felt like um, that God's hand has been on you in relationships, Um, not only our friendship, and you have lots of wonderful, dear friends, but then also how you met your husband, wouldn't you say, is uh, God's hand was in that. Do you want to tell the story, Rex? Because you were not even in Colorado when you guys uh, first met. (laughs) I was serving in Afghanistan for the uh, Mm -hmm. Colorado Air National Guard. And I heard from uh, from, the, from a college friend of mine that she had someone that she wanted to I- introduce me to when I returned. And when I returned, I gave Lisa a call, and and uh, we met. Uh, in uh, on our first date, we knew within the first uh, first couple of minutes we yeah. were we were ma- made for each other. Yeah. Outstanding. And so we'll give Jerry uh, Steen a <laughs> yes. shout out because yes. she sent a picture of Lisa to you and um, told you about her and made that love connection. And um, when you know, and Lisa told me, you know, when you know it's you know. God, you know, yep. and Absolutely. you don't have to doubt that. Absolutely. And so God has been with you guys and not only in bringing you together in your marriage, um, but also in adoption. Absolutely. And um, do you feel, did you always want to adopt? Because you yourself, uh, Lisa, so you're adopted. Absolutely. I always knew that that was going to be an option, whether or not we had a biological child. Um, there's just always been this organic desire to be able to love someone who, for whatever reason, doesn't have that love surrounding them. And so for me, it was just automatic. It was automatic. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Rex? Was well, that something you had thought about before you met Lisa? Yes. Yeah, so, um, I've always had a heart of service. You know, I'm in the National Guard and also I've been a... Uh, a big brother, uh, and I just knew I've always wanted to uh, help someone who who needed help. Mm-hmm. You know? oh, and I got so carried away enjoying our conversation. We've got to go to to a break. You're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark, and my guests are Lisa and Rex. And when we return, we'll hear how they became forever parents to one blessed little boy. You can call in with your questions and comments also for Lisa and Rex. We're taking your calls today. The number is 303-477-5600. Stay with us. We'll be back. I'm taking my freedom, pulling it off the shadow. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with the maximum locking protection while meeting all life safety fire and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. Our children deserve the highest level of education and the safest learning environment possible. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. Get the QAL today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to SSIGuardian.com. Do you ever make changes, but after a few days, weeks, or even months, you slip back into your old behaviors and habits? Well, if you want something different, you've got to do something different. Yet most people won't do what's required to experience the lasting change they say they want. Why? Because change is hard, it's scary, and it comes at a cost. If you're ready to learn the fundamental principles and proven strategies for making lasting changes in your life, join me for an exclusive one-day personal transformation retreat. In this intensive yet intimate experience, 
experience, you'll gain vital information and insights to help you craft a customized plan for change that you can put into action right away. Contact me today to schedule your life-changing personal transformation retreat. Go to drpegradio.com retreat. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg, information and inspiration for living well and staying safe. And can you believe there's only two months left in 2018? Uh, Do you want to get unstuck now and establish the habits that will move you forward in the new year? Well, if you're finally ready to experience lasting change in your life, contact me today to take advantage of my upcoming one-of-a-kind personal transformation retreat scheduled for Saturday, December 29th, 2018 in Denver, Colorado. Go to drpegradio.com today to learn more about this exciting, life-changing experience. And I am joined live in studio today with my good friends, Lisa and Rex, and they're sharing their journey to adopting their wonderful son. November is National Adoption Month, and they were honored along with uh, several other families in the state of Colorado uh, for their commitment to adoption and um, uh, just uh, an inspiring story, an inspiring family, uh, and an inspiring um, example of love, uncon- unconditional love. And so we were talking about how you both um, always knew you wanted to adopt, and that was something that you desired, uh, and yet you ended up having your own biological daughter. We did. Yes, yes. We did. There's definitely a story behind that um, where, you know, we had unfortunately, like many couples, suffered um, a couple of miscarriages that were just um, devastating, um, devastating, discouraging. Mm. Um, And so, and I remember specifically after the second miscarriage where I was just feeling extremely hopeless, I felt despaired. And I remember God saying to me, no, you need to make sure you understand this. You are not despaired Mm. because to be despaired means to be without hope. And he says, as long as you have me, you have hope. And I remembered that. I wrote that in my journal. Um, And then soon after, not long after, um, we ended up pregnant with yes. our biological daughter. Yes. And that um, seems to happen. Haven't you heard that story <laughs> anecdotally before that when people finally kind of take the pressure off of themselves to have biological children and maybe make the commitment to adopt, they often either before they adopt or after they adopt, ending up having biological children. Have you ever heard that before, yeah. Rex? Yeah, it seems, it seems like it happens more often than... Not. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so there there were some kind of starts and stops, places to have maybe given up hope, but right. you didn't give up hope. Absolutely uh, And so uh, you have a wonderful daughter yes. as well. <laughs> and um, uh, having had ha- had a only child for a while, um, we'll talk about kind yes. of that adjustment, but I don't want to yeah. get too far ahead of myself. Um, now, you ended up getting connected with the foster care system. Can you talk about what those agencies are here in, in Denver by name? So if there are local folks, they know what to look for. Absolutely. Um, We started out with what's called Project 127, and it's a faith-based organization that helps people go from foster care to adoption, or if they just want to do foster care or just adoption. And this is a wonderful agency. It's nonprofit. um, And what it does is it brings families in and helps to orient them to the foster and adoption care process. And they send you through trainings that the state actually has to certify 
apply. Um, they give you all the background information that you need, and they give you a lot of support along the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took us, what, about... One year for the training? One year, wow. about so a year. So that's a commitment. You know what's Very so interesting so. about this foster care t- and, and foster care to adoption process is you're probably in some ways better equipped to parent than people who biologically just say, hey, I think I'll have a kid or, oh, yeah. oops, I just got right. pregnant. Yep. You right. actually had to learn things about child development, absolutely, parenting, trauma, trauma and trauma-informed care absolutely. that the average parent probably never gets exposed to. So in that, that alone is a blessing in disguise to be so um, well-informed before going into parenting. Rex, had you ever read books about being a parent or taken a class prior to this process? No, and it seems like, you know, uh, being a parent of just our biological biological child and also a foster child, it's it's the same, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, the things I learned, the things I learned um, mm-hmm. through books and through friends, it's exactly the same uh, raising a, your own child as it is raising an adopted child or, right. or a foster, foster child. Now, one thing that Lisa said, uh, you know, before we met Project 127, I wanted to just iterate, you know, one thing that faith really brought into is, you know, once we were married, we had our first child, you know, we were relying on faith. Yes. Mm. And our, our initial assumption was we would have to pay a lot of money. You know, we were going to put upwards of $50,000 away in order, you know, set aside in order to do uh, a, like a private adoption. A private adoption. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, you know, I, you know, I thought in my heart and I spoke with my wife. I'm like, you know, we, we shouldn't mm-hmm. have to, you know, this is going to be taken care of. Yes. Amen. And you know what? Project 127 came our way um, just out of the blue. Yeah. But it, and it, Jerry and, Steen. <laughs> And you don't have to uh, pay $50,000 to adopt a child. You know what's so interesting about that? I have a good friend whose sister and her husband uh, got involved with a private adoption company Mm. or organization and gave them a lot of money, like Mm. you're describing. And then they went out of business Mm. and they lost their money Mm. and Mm. weren't able to adopt through that agency. So there are some risks there. Uh, especially when you're putting that level of money behind it. Um, So you eventually were able to foster a child. And uh, would it be fair to say that your son experienced trauma before you met him? Because kids don't end up in foster care for no reason, right? Absolutely. Talk about that. I I think that's a really good point. There's a reason that kids end up in foster care. And and with our son, you have to remember that we were blessed with him. We were able to meet him when he was 20 months old. Mm. Iris was three. Um, And just at 20 months, he had experienced quite a lot of trauma mm-hmm. um, to the point where, you know, um, we ended up having to get specialized services for him just at 20 months old. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were intensive services just to kind of make him feel safe, make him feel secure, um, helping with just his emotional development, his ability to um, cope just in general. Um, so it was quite a journey, I would mm-hmm. have to say. And for people who go along in this journey, I want them to recognize that, yes, even children as young as 20 months Mm -hmm. can experience trauma. Mm -hmm. That can be long-lasting. And so in our case, we're very fortunate, I feel, because we had a lot of clinical support along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, you know, our son is thriving. Yes. He is. Yeah, I I, I could caveat with that. I mean, I can tell you kids are very resilient. Yes. Yes. My goodness, um, the way our son has bounced back 
Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. And that's something for me as a family friend yes. who doesn't see him every day right. and, and unfortunately not as often as I would like, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> but there could be months that have gone by yes. that I haven't seen him. And to have seen where he started yeah. and where he is today, and the word I use is how he's blossomed. I mean, And I know that's a testament not only to you guys specifically, but a testament to just the power of a loving family. And uh, the Department of Health and Human Services says that even when kids experience child abuse or neglect, they are resilient, as you said, Rex, and they can overcome and reach their full potential with help from the community. And in your case, some professional intervention and, of course, a loving family. And I think your your family demonstrates the power of that unconditional love and support, um, knowing knowing when your child needs professional help. Uh, and get not being ashamed to ask for that help and to provide him with every resource that is made available to you as adoptive parents and fostering parents. Absolutely. And and Rex can really speak to the unconditional love. I've seen him just as a father, um, just embrace our son and just truly love on him. And I'm, I'm so amazed and in awe. He does the same thing with our daughter, but honey, I think you said it best that you were saying that if you're going to practice unconditional love, now is your opportunity. Yeah, if you want to say that, oh, I'm a loving person. <laughs> yes. Well, it's easy to say, but you, this is an opportunity to prove it yep. to yourself and to make a difference. And the good thing is when you make that step and you and you prove it to yourself and you see the changes, you know, yes. it yes. it really changes you because... That's a testimony for yourself. You're mm. like, wow, this is what actually happens. Yes, yes. The power of that love. Love never fails. Yep. <laughs> and Indeed. so you have a living example of that yes. where this started out as a journey of faith, but I can only imagine how it's just strengthened your faith every Absolutely. step of the way. You have to rely Absolutely. on your faith to get through, and then your strength is just magnified when yep. you see the results. There the were fruit. many times, many times we were praying together. You know, I would be crying because it, it's it's quite the journey when you have a child that's been traumatized. You know, the love, the way you love them has to be different. The mm. way that you interact with them has to be purposely different. It has to be able to, you literally have to meet them where they are mm-hmm. in their crisis. And so there were many times when we just relied on prayer. Like We're like, God, we know that you're in this. We know that this is what you've asked us to do. This is our heart. And we know that you will provide. And every single time God made a way to where we were able to provide the type of support that our son needed, the support and love. And um, he feels so adored. He feels so at home and so loved. And, he's, and he, he looks like he's one of the family That's from God. the start. And I know, Rex, I've heard you say before, he is our son. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's adopted. You didn't give birth to him, Lisa, but he is your yes. son. He fits right in, yes. he even looks just like you guys. And um, there's, you may have to differentially parent him because of yeah. trauma, but that's right. true of any child. Right. I've got twins and I still have to differentially parent them because right. they're two different individuals, Absolutely. but you still, they're still both your children. Yeah. One of the most amazing things that our son said to me a year ago after he was adopted, he looked at me and he's so young. He said, um, who am I? Mm. <laughs> and I said, I don't know. Who are you? He said, I'm your son. (laughs) You you most definitely are. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And so let's talk about um, 
uh, I want to talk a little bit about the sibling relationship and then shift gears back to something we started talking about. Uh, and I was posting about this on Facebook this morning about uh, the American Pediatric Association says we should never, ever spank our children. Um, and so I know, you know, I've been known to do a swat on the bottom, you know. Uh, and when the kid has a diaper and a couple layers of clothes, it it's, yeah. doesn't hurt, but it, they cry because yeah. they know you're disappointed. So yeah. we'll talk a little bit about discipline and parenting yeah. strategies in a moment. Yeah. But let's first talk about um, sibling relationship, because your daughter was an only child of quite the princess <laughs> and um, very self-confident, very, very self-aware. Yes. And then now in comes another you know, little toddler who now she has to share. How has that yes. been going? <laughs> I think I think it was uh, they were friends from the start. Yeah. When they when they mer first met each other, uh, they were shaking hands, hugging each other. They're just <laughs> loving. They're just loving in, individuals. Yeah. And I think Iris has benefited by having a brother because she has someone that she can talk to on her level. <laughs> yes. She has someone that she can grow with. Yes. And yes. She has someone who can protect her and yeah. someone who she can protect. And they work very well together. They yes. love each other. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They do adore each other. I remember the very first day that they met, Iris had her beloved um, Bear Bear who was given to her by my beautiful Aunt Janet. And she loved this bear. <laughs> and the very first day she met our son, she said, I want him to have Bear Bear. Oh. And she gave him Bear Bear. And it's, it's his Bear Bear now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they are the best of friends, but I always joke they fight down to everything down to dirt. Um, who's going to share the dirt kind of deal? And um, down to snow the other day, we're just outside playing and they were fighting I over who was going to do the snow. So there, I, I once heard um, twin brothers, one of them was the best man at the other one's wedding, say, um, he's my best friend and my worst enemy, <laughs> but I love him. <laughs> yes. And so we can only expect yeah, that. They're good and friends. And so, yes, yeah, so being able to um, raise them together as siblings. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a question that um, I don't know um you know if it still happens today but i know in my generation there would be kids who were adopted and their parents wouldn't tell them they're adopted and they grow up not knowing they're adopted yeah. but everybody else knows they're right. adopted yeah. and it's the you know the fodder for plots to movies of the you know the shoe drops and right. some some you know distant cousin comes and says well you know you were adopted and everyone goes oh, yeah. and uh, no one ever yeah. told the kids so how are you handling um uh, everyone knowing that well, he's adopted. We all we always tell him that he's adopted, but we have the, when he ever asks questions, we have the perfect answer because my wife was also adopted. Mm -hmm. yeah. she, so she can, she can relate to mm -hmm. whatever questions he has. We always just say that he's our added blessing, mm -hmm. you know, that God brought him because he wanted to bless us. And mm -hmm. so he's our added blessing. Mm -hmm. So he recognizes that he's adopted. He recognizes that he didn't come from mommy's tummy, but he's still mommy's. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, and that seems to be going over pretty well. We want to always be honest with mm -hmm. him. And so, but it's, it's no different for him. He doesn't feel separated or disconnected connected from us. He just wants to know his story and mm -hmm. we want to be honest mm -hmm. in his story mm -hmm. and let him know because it is, he's an added blessing yes, to our lives. Yes. And it really is just the way you frame it yes. and how you talk about it and that you do talk about it. There's right. no reason to keep it no. a secret from him. No. We also tell him that, you know, God chose him to be with yep. us, mm. but we also tell our daughter, God chose her to, to be, be with, with us, us also. Yes. Well. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about parenting strategies, not only trauma informed parenting, <laughs> as they call it, the fancy professionals, uh, but parenting in general, because the American Academy of Pediatrics just came out um, and they're saying that parents should never spank their kids and generations of, of children have grown up being spanked and people 
always say, well, you know, I was spanked and I turned out okay. Uh, but I posted today on Facebook, yeah, you turned out okay, but uh, maybe you might have turned out better <laughs> had you not been spanked. Uh, and think about how how you might have felt as a child. You might have blocked it out, just how scary that is yeah. and painful it might be. And I always tell parents, if the teacher were to hit and spank your child, yeah. you wouldn't be happy about yeah. that. So why is it any different when you're spanking your child? Uh, and again, I, I, I did spank my kids like once or twice on the yeah. bottom up to about age three yeah. to get their attention. Yeah. But I only had to do that once or twice, and yeah. then I never had to do it again. Yeah. Uh, and it was enough to give them a stern tone, a stern yeah. look. Yeah. Um, and for them to be afraid of disappointing me, I think, right. was more what motivated them. So talk about some of the things you've learned about parenting and what really works, not only for trauma-informed parenting, but parenting both of your children. Well, you want to? Okay. Um, I think, um, and so for us, it, it is really different because I think that both of our kids do really well um, when it comes to listening. Um, they can hear mommy and daddy's tone in our voice, mm -hmm. um, especially Rex, because it's, it's rare that he gets upset. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Very rare. And so when he's stern, there's something about his yes. voice that will just And that kind was of... the case for me. I'm pretty easygoing. And yes. when you hear me say, yes. what did mommy say? Yes. I only have to do that. And yes. my son actually used to cry yeah. and I wasn't yelling at him but yeah. it was you know he knew something was different and wrong yes and you as the parent too you have to be able to be um, or to maintain self-control self you absolutely mm -hmm. do because if they see you going ballistic and yelling and yes. screaming and then automatically they're gonna sense that and take that to another yes. level and so what we try to do you know there there have been times that we have spanked our children but we try to really limit it to those times when they've been unsafe mm -hmm. an example will be um, when they ran out into the streets right, to get their um, attention, to yeah. get their attention. Um, when our son was on the rafters of um, <laughs> the top part of our stairs and literally he was hanging yes. and that could have, he could have broken his arm. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's in those moments because you don't want to associate spanking with everything wrong right. per se that they do. Or, and again, doing it in anger or doing the it point in of anger, actually hurting a child. Yeah. There's no reason to spank more than once or twice. You don't want to do know, that. And it really doesn't hurt, but it just kind of emphasizes, I know you're upset. And there are other discipline other techniques techniques and yes. that, that's something I put in my Facebook post today as well Absolutely. is structure boundaries Absolutely. age-appropriate consequences and Absolutely. rewards understanding child development yes. uh, and showing love that Absolutely. Uh, we discipline those whom we love and that's a, that's a model from our, our God yes it is and we are believers in love and logic mm -hmm. and so which the, is a parenting curriculum. Absolutely, mm -hmm. where there are consequences to every action. And so, and they make the choice. And yeah. we believe our kids make age-appropriate choices. And then there are age-appropriate consequences. Mm -hmm. And so, um, again, there are different techniques for discipline that you can use. And we have found ones that work with our children. And we're yes, fortunate in that absolutely. regard. Yeah. And we have about uh, one and a half, two minutes left. So okay. I want to hear from you, Rex. And then I want to ask both of you, what do you want to let listeners know about adoption and being an adoptive family? What do you want to... What message do you want to leave with them? Just not to be afraid of it. If that's in your heart and that's something you want to do, go ahead and do it and step out in faith and go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. um, don't be afraid of it. Yeah. But also don't don't set your, yourself up for failure. Know what your limits are. Yeah. Know what you can handle mm. and then go for it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I would say, and um, I'm quoting our pastor here, but he once said, if God is for the vision, God will bring provision. And I think that that's very important to Mm -hmm. know that. Don't be afraid of what's out there as to what you may run into, what you may encounter, that if it's truly in your heart, if you know that God has given you this desire, God will make sure that you are provided for emotionally, financially, Mm. you know, with supportive friends and family. I want people not to be afraid. Mm -hmm. It's quite the journey. It's an extraordinary journey, actually. Yes, yes. and it seems like from the smiles on your face, it's been well worth it. Indeed. Indeed. Well, Lisa and Rex, thank you so much for being my guests today and more importantly, being my friends. (laughs) I love you. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. We're brought to you every week by our sponsor, SSI Guardian. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark reminding you to live well.